0: Uh, you passed the audition uh, <laughs> You're hired Uh Wow! It is episode one hundred and one of the Brian Oak Show. The very first time we've had a live intro like that with some amazing electric guitar from tonight's featured guest. It is the Brian Oak Show, recorded here in the Smart Start MN Studio in beautiful South Minneapolis. At least normally beautiful right now. Winter came a little early. Fall got squashed a little bit early on. But we've got an amazing guest on the way tonight, Sean. By the way, Sean, how are you? I'm doing great. How are
1: you doing? I'm good. I that am... totally like got me in the mood for the show. I, I having... was like a little. T- tired, you know, not quite caffeinated enough, and then whammo (laughs) in your face. I am caffeinated enough. Uh, Earlier today,
0: I had a large Americano, and for whatever reason, maybe because it was cold and wet and nasty outside, I just went and got myself another coffee at the coffee shop across (laughs) the street, so I am zooming. Throw a little live electric guitar on top of it, and I am ready to go. Yay! Tonight, we are going to be talking to uh, none other than Chris Paraselli, better known perhaps to many of you as Little Man. If I didn't have so many questions I wanted to ask him, <laughs> as I said, you passed the audition. Well done. Well done. If I didn't have so many questions I wanted to ask him, maybe we'd just do a I'd ask questions and then get a guitar answer in return. Yeah. I would actually enjoy that a great deal. Uh, but we'll get to Chris Littleman in just a moment here and talk about, I don't know, being a rock star during COVID. Uh, I wanted to start out knowing that Chris was going to be coming in and being on the podcast. It put me down sort of a musical path. If you're not familiar with the music of Littleman, I don't know that it's easily pigeonholed, but there are most un questionably elements, a lot of elements of glam to what he does and his persona as little man. I mean, ranging from probably the best array of shirts I've ever seen, uh, adorned a rock star before, not only from the number of times I've seen him live, but also just seeing his Instagram videos and things like that. I mean, the man's got a wardrobe that befits a proper rock star, but he's, he's a glam guy. He's got some glam to him. And I was thinking, who is the most important glam artist of all time? Now, that's kind of a goofy question, and you know we weren't going to bring in Chris till after this, but let's bring him in right now. That's cool. That's, that's let's all right do it. You. you ready, Chris?
2: I'm happy to be here. Thank you, Chris Paracelli, yeah. little
0: man. Uh, very good to have you here, man. Um, you uh, play electric guitar, which I like, and so you can come back and do that anytime you want. <laughs> right. In fact, bet. I want to. We're going to get a whole song from you coming up here in just a little bit. How are you?
2: Yeah, I'm good. Good. Uh, it's good to be across from you, and you know, seeing you. And it's just... Really awesome to be here. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I'm glad
0: to have you here. Thank you for being willing to come out in the midst of a global pandemic at an era where, man, there just aren't enough opportunities for live music. I exactly, mean, it's cool yeah. to get them from the basement, don't get me wrong. Right. But I don't think for a performer or fan, it's the same thing no. at all. It's,
2: it's a pale shadow of itself. It's totally different. Completely performance wise, it's different, even. Well, you know.
0: I mean, Sean and I both just got sort of like giddy oh, yeah, right there man. because you were playing oh. electric guitar in, yeah. in the Smart Start. <laughs> <So in the laughs> so right. So, hey, we're going to talk about everything that's been going on, what you're doing these days. I want to talk about your latest record. We're going to hear a full live song from you coming up in just a little bit. But first, I wanted to do just a little history lesson. Now, I'm going to say something that may be controversial. I was going to say the next artist that we are going to play is the most important figure in glam rock history and it's such a weird term to use. I guess my my favorite without question. And you know that David Bowie is my favorite of all time, uh-huh. right? I mean, David Bowie is my favorite of all time. Yeah. I was going to say that she was the single most important fi- fi- figure in sort of the history of glam rock. And then I remembered Mark Bolin of T-Rex. And I'm like, there's True. just... He, was, he wear, wears the crown to this day, in my opinion. Now, Bowie, without question, embodied glam, right? I yeah, mean, he, right. for for a phase of his career, and there were few that did it bigger, but it always, even when he was telling stories of sort of a lurid lifestyle or dirty back alleys, yeah. it always had the feeling of a stage show. Not that oh, I have anything wrong with yeah. that. I mean, Bowie called himself the actor, right? Right. Whereas when it comes to Susie Quatro, and maybe a little oh, bit Susan. more in the hippie vein, uh, Mark Boland. That always spoke to sort of the the grittier underbelly, hesher end of glam rock. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, you love Susie Quattro and you love glam rock. What, what's sure. What's the first glam artist? Was it Was it Bowie the first one you came to? Yeah, I it think was it is for everybody. sure.
2: Bowie. I mean, just because, um, you know, the popularity stretched out so wide. Um, and I I did listen to uh, David Bowie when I was younger, um, but never really, it never like kind of clicked to me so much until I heard um, some live Bowie right. with Mick Ronson on guitar I was like oh my god what that's that's David Bowie that sort of electricity mm-hmm. that energy that live thing and then that really got me hooked and I dug deeper um but uh, as far as like Mark Bowling goes I mean you're kind of talking about that I I really feel that it's kind of the beginning and the essence of that glam rock era because he's kind of he's bringing in uh the uh, not only the kind of the pomp of rock, mm-hmm. but also there's uh, the fashion and the bringing in a bit of femininity to rock and roll and having that balance. And that kind of what's, what brings uh, glam rock kind of to the forefront. Because uh, you're coming out of an era that's a, a little bit more uh, male dominated. Very rock, much so. Right. You know? <laughs> right. And then you come in, and then there's, you know, Mark with his soft voice and more of a feminine feature with his music in a way, but it's still forward rock. And uh, it's got this pomp to it and this energy and it works. And, glammed glammed on to a lot of people at the time
0: (laughs) it do i mean so that's why i feel like as much as i wanted to put the crown on Susie quattro's head mark bolin is is the godfather i don't think there's any question about that bowie brought it to a much much wider range of audience there are so many people who've never heard of glam if it weren't for bowie's glam era right for the first half of the 70s but when i go back and listen to early Susie quattro those first three maybe four records there's just nothing else quite like it. She, I mean, she in a way did a little bit of her own gender bending when heavy rock was so male dominated. Right. She went in and grabbed it by the fucking balls and said, guess what? Here it comes. I can rock just as well. She had a killer band. She worked with Chin and Chapman, the songwriting and production team who were also behind The Sweet and later on Blondie. Okay. Just, I mean, they they were architects of this brilliant style, The Sweet, another one of my all-time favorites. Sure. But when you go back to this debut album from 1973, I don't feel like there was ever anyone before and i promise you this no disrespect intended because i worship the ground that joan jet walks on sure. no yeah, Susie quattro true. no joan jet Susie quattro is one of let's just put it this way one of the most important figures in the history oh. of glam rock yeah. and from that debut release we're going to dive a little deeper we're not going to this is not the home of the hits we're going to go a little <laughs> bit deeper <laughs> thank goodness <laughs> And we're going to hear daytona demon at suzy quattro on right episode on. 101 of the brian oak show right on You. For people out there who are like, man, I should listen to more Susie Quattro, A, yes, you should. And B, the place to start, even though she had a bunch of hits throughout the first half of the 70s, the best place to start is absolutely her 1973 self-titled debut. It is. It's it Just look at the cover and you'll be like, yep, straight Hesher right there. <laughs> absolutely love it. And if you don't know what Hesher means, I grew up in Coon Rapids. I grew up in downtown Hesher. So go ahead and get online or, or just go watch the movie Heavy Metal Parking Lot. Very, very Hesher, that one right there. And also just amazingly an entertaining watch. (laughs) It is The Brian Oak Show, episode 101. It's made possible by the good people at Smart Start MN, Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. DUIs are a fact of life. They happen. People get them. Maybe you've gotten one, maybe someone you know or love, friend of a friend, etc. Smart Start MN does not make the entire problem go away, but they make your life easier to live by getting you back on the road sooner than you otherwise might be. That's what an ignition interlock is is you don't get to drive unless you're stone-cold sober. And it's, it's a way the state has finally agreed to let you back on the road earlier than you otherwise might be. And the reason this program even exists are the people at Smart Start are the architects of
1: Minnesota's Ignition Interlock program. The first to congratulate us on our 100th episode last mm. week. That's right. Smart Start MN. And go to Smart <laughs> Start MN.com slash The Brian Oak Show, and you'll get 20% off the installation of the Ignition Interlock.
0: Chris Paraselli is Little Man. Chris, it is a joy to have you here. And yeah, you know, you. I'm sure like you, I like a ton of different kinds of music. But the, when I was growing up, the first records I really plundered and enjoyed from my mm. parents' collection were, sadly, there was no Susie Quattro. She was right. not a big name in the U.S. Yeah. In the U.K., she was a superstar. Yep. Um, but there was Hendrix. There was Cream. There was all this crazy psychedelic music that for yeah. a really square white nerd in the suburbs, <laughs> that was mind-bending stuff. Man, yeah. I didn't even smoke weed it blew my mind you know like creams disraeli gears i could yeah. listen to that record over and oh and i did. have my entire <laughs> life but i love that stuff so i want to talk about what you've been up to and what life is like for you now but but everybody who's on the show the very first time we have to find out a little bit more about you, you where, where are you from
2: well right now i'm from here okay yeah. all right very I good from, <laughs> I, I came i moved around quite a quite a lot when i was a kid mm-hmm. um but i mostly grew up in massachusetts okay and i lived in uh, maine and Connecticut, um, Pennsylvania, and then, um, eight years over in Chicago, uh, I went to school out there and then from there here. So I've been here since about 2002. Okay. Wow. So yeah, I've been here for a while. I'm, I'm here. Cool.
0: Do you remember the very first time in your entire life that you touched a guitar?
2: I was 13 years old. Uh, I heard Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> and that's, I had to play guitar. Right. It, it changed my life in a major, major way. I would not be here right now if it wasn't for, you know, Eddie Van Halen. Well, now we, now we have to talk about it. I was,
0: was going to save it for later because here's, on the day that Eddie Van Halen died, you know, he'd been sick for a while once, came back, and then he was battling cancer again, yeah. and unfortunately lost his battle. And the array of people I saw pouring out their condolences, their admiration, their tributes on that day, hip-hop artists, mm. my friends who are only into punk rock, my friends who are only into cool yeah. indie snob music, my my hard rock friends, everybody came out of the woodwork to pay tribute to—Eddie uh, Eddie Van Halen did something— that not almost nobody else did. Eddie Van Halen played guitar in a way that most people can't touch, right? I mean, we're starting to get towards that weird Hendrix, Stevie Ray Vaughan level. But he somehow made it approachable. He made every single 13-year-old like you think... Fuck me, I am going to play guitar. (laughs) That's exactly what happened. But I mean, people of every stripe, like Van Halen, crossed all those boundaries. Mm -hmm. Even when Diamond Dave was sort of at his most goofy, you can't go back to, I don't know, the first four or five records and not recognize them as one of the most important American rock bands that ever existed. Yeah, true. And so you heard Eddie Van Halen, and that's really the inspiration for you picking up the guitar? That's exactly it. Were were you in a crappy Van Halen cover band at any point?
2: No, I know, definitely not. (laughs) I I played most of his songs, learned a lot of it by ear, and I had a guitar Mm. teacher. We just work on. Van Halen songs. Really? And, yeah. It just when did was... you
0: come to Van Halen? What's your, I mean, because, you know, some people come in at 1984, some people are there at Van Halen 1. Me, personally, I heard all the hits on the radio, but I didn't really do a deep dive on Van Halen until probably Women and Children first. Okay. And then kind of went and explored the rest of the catalog. Do you remember sure. when you came to it?
2: No, I think it was... Tell me it wasn't uh, Hagar era. No, okay. definitely not. Uh, it was, uh, <laughs> yeah, 1984 for sure. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Panama was my biggest song that I was like, oh my God, right. I got it. You know, try to figure this out and work on it. And that was that was the launching pad for me. And then at that point, yeah, just all of the early stuff over and over. My Sony Walkman would just die because I'd be listening to that (laughs) stuff. All the time. Yeah, well, and I'm
0: not one of those guys who normally is like, oh, I really only like the early stuff. But Van Halen 1 is an almost perfect record. Mm -hmm. There's just, there's bombast on it. There is virtuosity on it. It is, but it sounds like, you don't ever have to be embarrassed that you're listening to Van Halen 1. That is a fucking rock record.
2: And Eruption is on there. Come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which (laughs) again,
0: for people like you who play, I think there's a greater level of
2: appreciation. (laughs) Like for the rest
0: of us, it's like, I don't even I, can't even I can't even appreciate how good it is because I don't really understand what he's doing as opposed to people who know their way around a fretboard like you do. Um, but, I mean, it's also got Ain't Talking About Love. And this, this is a record. And yeah, it's so a rock record. I sure. am glad to hear you yeah. say that that was the absolute beginning, and it's led us to today. You said we should hear a little Van Halen. Would you like to we hear a little should. Van Halen?
2: Yeah, let's do Hot for Teacher because that is an amazing song from start to finish. The guitar solo is unbelievable. And, you know, the video for it <laughs> is just so tops. I mean it Memorable. It's very memorable. It's it works from the beginning to the end. You know, I one of the things I love about uh, you know, early Van Halen videos is that they have like this it's it's theatric, it's like a little movie, you know, it starts with a little something and you know, a couple of videos that I'm that I've done, I you know, I wanted something like that. Just like, let's start this off as just a little film, you know, per se, and then it goes in the into the video, the song. But um, yeah, I loved that about Van Halen, and that that it really rocks. This whole song is just just perfection.
0: I don't feel tardy, <laughs> not for teachers. Little Van Halen on the Brian Oak Show. I got Oak my Show.
3: pencil. <laughs>
0: Hi. <clears throat> yeah, that is more or less a perfect 80s song. You know, I didn't, uh, my family oh, didn't yeah. have cable when I was real young. And so when I went to college, then all of a sudden I had MTV. It was in the student union every Yo, day. Yeah. And <laughs> that song was in heavy rotation for a lot sure. of reasons. One, it was super fun. Two, it, had attractive young ladies dancing on the desk, uh, which is very, very eighties, but also I had kind of, and not to mention those beautiful little dance interludes, like the members of Van Halen were the impressions or something. Right. Yeah. Uh, it was, I mean, it was, it was a, a great song and i had forgotten just how many parts are in there. I'm always envious of musicians when they talk about things because I think it's a blessing and a curse. You can't just, I mean, you can sit down and rock out, but knowing guitar, like you do, is it possible to listen to a song and not kind of break down the guitar part in your head?
2: Ooh, I mean, can you uh, well, like, like a filmmaker, yeah. as,
0: like somebody who's a film student or a filmmaker has a hard time divorcing themselves from, oh, that was a lousy shot. Oh, a garbage edit or whatever. <laughs> right. I just I wonder, like, can, do you ever I do love that about not knowing very much about the actual <laughs> structure of music. I can let myself go and just rock out. Right. Do you, are you able to do that? Or is there always some element of breaking it down in your head?
2: There is the feel, the, in, the you know, encapsulating the whole, you know, guitar solo or what's happening with the guitar. I, I feel all that first. And then, yeah, I kind of think about, well, how, what's the phrasing and what goes from here to there and, and kind of the parts, you know, especially when it comes to, you know, Eddie Van Halen, he's got these phrases that lead to phrases that lead to phrases, you know. So, yeah, I do listen to it like that. It's a language I wish
0: I could speak. As Sean said while we were listening to it, Sean's like, how the hell do you even learn a song (laughs) like that? I mean, (laughs) the guitar part is so explosive. And obviously he was well-practiced. I know that both he and his brother grew up classically trained. Their mom made him take piano lessons from a very young age. So they understood music. But what Eddie did was sort of beyond understanding music, right? I mean, right. Eddie was a virtuoso. Completely. And sort of a mad scientist. Like, yeah, oh, he, yeah. he,
2: there were certain elements to him that you can't teach or practice. No, just his, he's completely unique, you know, just the way, uh, you know, Jimi Hendrix was. Right. So there, there hasn't been anybody, you know, besides, you know, those two, as far as I, I'm concerned, when it comes to, you know, the innovation of the guitar, you know, well, Les Paul probably first. But um, yeah, just an, amazing.
1: They look like they're not thinking anymore. Oh when no when they're playing. They're no, just no. so it's so part of their body and yeah. part of what they're doing that it just looks like right they're not, they're not even thinking no. about the notes anymore. There's no math, there's nothing else Exactly. <laughs> just freaking flow with it. And... They're, they're not counting off
0: triplets
2: Is don't you tell me right
1: now? Triple T, triple T, ta 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 no. <laughs> no, it's
2: completely zen with them, you know? Yes. Yeah. It's, it's just it's it embodies them and that's that's their playing. It's their essence.
0: Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. More with Little Man in a moment. First, though, I do have to thank for their continued sponsorship of The Brian Oak Show. By the way, episode 101. That's crazy to think about. But thanks to Busters on 28th, a great little eatery in my neck of the woods right over in southeast Minneapolis, uh, a stone's throw literally away from Lake Hiawatha. They're an important part of my community and I want them to stick around. That means I want people to go online. Busters on 28th dot com. I want you to go there and visit them. I want you to swing by and pick up some food to go. You can order online. You can give them a call. They're great people. They are official sponsors of the Brian Oak Show. So it's not just their financial largesse it's not the only reason i'm recommending them it's a place that i frequented many 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 times long before this podcast even began so thanks to them if you'd like to know more busters on 28.com and support them and when you stop by tell them the brian oak show told you to come on by <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> old habits die hard. Chris, you yeah. uh, have been playing guitar for a long time. You like to rock, you know, and we, talk, we started yeah. out talking about glam, but you love sure. a lot of different rock and roll, right? I mean, right, you right. just love the notion of rock and roll. I
2: do. It's the energy and it's the live energy that mm-hmm. really connects with me. Um, but yeah, mostly for me, it's classic rock. You know, glam rock. The you know, late sixties, early seventies. You like some psychedelic rock. stuff too? Oh Ooh. yeah, that's the you know, Jimi Hendrix psychedelic stuff. Yeah, for sure, psychedelics. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Was this played in your home as a kid? I mean, how did you, you know, first? How did you first hear it? Basically, uh, I grew up on the Beatles.
2: Oh yeah. Um, and uh, let's see, like um, Fleetwood Mac and Elton John. Mm-hmm. My folks were playing that music on records all the time, mm-hmm. and I would you know just flip through records and play stuff myself. But yeah, Beatles, I was. I was listening to that a lot just on my own yeah. you know throughout my childhood and up to you know now even but that had the huge influence on me to be interested in music was probably from from that.
0: That's by far my favorite band of all time and I you know maybe that's an easy choice but I mean if you look at the you know they were around fully for less than a decade or right around a decade and no other band within the purview of rock and roll or folk or any related thing has had anywhere near the impact the Beatles have. I mean, here we are 60 years later and people, the the basic template of a band is still the one that the Beatles seared into everyone's mind worldwide. And, and for a band that put out 200 and some songs, I think 227 or I forget what the exact number is, but it's right around there in their catalog, the ratio of legendary hits to stinkers is also unsurpassed. (laughs) And not even stinkers, just like filler, like average stuff. Uh Almost nothing in their catalog is average. Everything's above average.
2: And a lot of this stuff is just super unique. Yes. You know, it's not, I mean, they've done all sorts of styles of music. That's kind of what I like about, you know, like Led Zeppelin. They've got all of this scope of music. And that's what I kind of like to do, too, with my records, is have this kind of wide range of something instead of having it sound the same way the whole way through or the same type of song you know it's just I love love that about the Beatles and Led Zeppelin and you know the just the, the wide scope of music that they accomplish
0: um, in a, in a relatively short period of time I love yeah. that you say that about Zeppelin because that's how I've always described them No two songs really sound exactly alike in the Zeppelin catalog, but you always know you're listening to Led Zeppelin every single time. It's pretty remarkable. Powerful. Well, you brought up your music. Let's talk about your music. In Between the Lions is, and that's the right title, right? That's right. Okay, In Between the Lions is, your latest release came out not so far away from, yeah, this time last year. Last year. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And you got to get out and play some shows in support of it, but then not too long after that, everything got shut down. Before we talk about the lack of playing, (laughs) for this particular record you decided to work with a man whose loyalty to this music community even though he lives oh out on the west coast now um oh no he's back really he's been here for a while i didn't know that well see we're not close personal friends he's one of the. he's in the upper stratosphere (laughs) i'm talking about john fields i didn't realize he had moved back
3: here
2: he's here okay He's, he's got a studio uh in uh, Minneapolis and um
0: well then close circuit to John Fields I'd really like to have you on the podcast because I'd like to know oh gosh you should have he, you on. I would love to have him I mean I don't know where we would start right we would make it a six-part series I mean <laughs> no. the number of amazing recordings that have come through my purview and I'm sure it's not all of them that have his stamp on them mm-hmm. I mean so many and again when we talk about a varied output yeah the, right the wide array of artists who've no. chosen to work with John Fields mm-hmm. but when you talk about loving the Beatles I mean if there's somebody who knows how to put that kind of a or those kinds of harmonies together. That's him. It's John Fields, yeah. man.
2: I didn't even know John before, you know, working on this record with him. I was I I needed to find a producer for the new songs that I had and I needed it to be bumped up in some way. I needed it it had to be more than what I have. I need somebody to work with to uh you know, make it more than just the band. It's got to be it's got to be a record. It's not just the band playing. I don't want that. It's got to be produced. Well, and that's what that's what a producer does, yeah, right? I yeah. mean, they're
0: almost like an, an equal member of the band in terms right. of the influence they have. The editing is a highly underrated skill. Oh, yeah. If you've never worked with a proper producer <laughs> before, knowing like a, a, trusting someone to be like this part right here, let's just. Take yep. that right off the end of the song, because that sucks. Exactly. and, and, you, and, <laughs> and I mean truthful, too. And, and, well, when, sure. when you're an artist like you, you've got to, you know, you believe in this stuff, right? I mean, this is your material. This is your heart. You're going to create an artifact and be able to trust somebody, even with a proven track yeah. record like Fields. That's got to be a big leap for an
2: artist. It's a trust thing, for sure. All of, um, all of the producers I've worked with in the past have been amazing, and working with them has been awesome, and I love working with other people on my music. And um, I just wanted to try something different. I I needed somebody to be creative and that could do the the classic rock and the modern rock together. That's kind of, that's what I do. And I need somebody to do that with me. And everyone, uh, not everyone, a a few key people in town were like, Hey, you should check out John Fields. Go and talk to him. I'm like, and his name came up like three times in one week. And I was like, okay, I got to contact this person. And um, he invited me to the studio and we talked and, um, we were both from Massachusetts and hmm. just got to learn about his history. And, uh, then we got together and we, we started, we worked on Boulevard first, uh, one of the tracks off the record and, you know, jaw dropped on the yeah, console. Yeah. I'm like, are you serious? Right. Wow. You know, when I, when I'm first hearing the playback, I'm like, "How I, that? that that's, that's so That's cool. exactly what this mm. needs. Is- oh. Is you, John, now that, that had to be an amazing feeling though, yeah, I, just I yeah. mean because
0: you knew it was a good song, but then you hear somebody and they deliver on that promise and all the hype and everything else that's amazing, man, I'm happy for you, and so do you like i mean, because I know that you get exuberant and you love the live performance, there's a feedback loop there that I know you feed off of, I yeah, watched you do oh, it, yeah. Do you like to go into the studio? Because that's a lot, that's hard work. And I don't Uh, know, are you a studio rat or can you not wait to get out of there?
2: That's my favorite thing. Really? It's my favorite thing. Being on stage and playing a show, that's my favorite thing. Being in the studio, creating music, especially with someone like John. That's that's my other favorite thing in the world. To do. Even, I mean, because, you
0: know, it's not all glory moments like that. It's not all aha, come to Jesus moments. There's some hard work in there, and there's right. some rewriting and reworking and yeah, doing a 15th stuff. take on stuff. Well, that's what <laughs> I mean. The rewrites. Though, like, so it's, yeah. it's, not all, it's not all joy and pure rock, but, orgiastic joy, but when it happens. Exactly. Uh-huh. I,
2: that's exactly it. When, when those moments come through, I mean, I've cried a lot. Wow. Like, literally, you know, and John's had to stop tape because I was losing it in the studio. That's fabulous. And he's got those. I'm sure that, you know, I can. he can pull those times up for me. But even just hearing back a, a mix and, and just being, like, moved. Yeah. And then there's power there. But, yeah, coming up, the, the great thing about working with, uh, you know, John and other producers is uh, the collaboration that happens and, you know, him coming up with an idea and we try it you know, or me coming up with an idea and we try it and we subtract things. Sometimes when you take things out, it makes things work Mm -hmm. more, but he comes up with some great ideas that really work with the stuff that I do, you know, the kind of classic rock feel. And, um, he was excellent. And yeah, it was, we had some, I had some difficult times because I'm working with someone that's, you know, John (laughs) and, you know, it's like, I got to try to do my best here. And, you know, is, it was some difficult moments, but also some very amazing moments. And to perform and play in the studio and have him there and being like, yes, no, let's add this, try that, take this out, you know, add this in. It was really, really fun.
0: Well, sadly, we have no John Fields, but we are still going to have you play live in just a minute here. But before we do that, let's hear a track off yeah. of In Between the Lions. So right. that this one's called Bigger Than We Know. Tell me about this song.
2: Okay, so this song, uh, again, this record has a wide spectrum of uh kind of rock to it and this one is more psychedelic and it's got this uh beatles rain guitar solo to it that i actually recorded from the actual demo of this song and mm. it just sounded like i want this tone i want this rain tone so let's just use what i have because it works but it's so he makes it so psychedelically <laughs> gorgeous with these you know uh keyboard parts and Mellotron and stuff and it's like whoa it's like
3: wow (laughs) (laughs) so
2: and and the vocal stuff that uh you know that we worked on to pull it all together and to make it wide and colorful you know this is this is really great i i feel like this exemplifies you know like a peak of what sort of things you know john and i can accomplish uh there's another song on this record um sometimes solitude that's also very super zeppelin-y uh psychedelic you know kind of vibe but this this really goes places it's 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 there
0: little man bigger than we know on the brian oak show That is music Mm. from Little Man, bigger than we know. It comes off In Between the Lions, your latest effort, which came out a little over a year ago. And sadly, we live in COVID town now. The whole world lives in COVID town. And that means all the amazing live performances and things like that aren't going. But you're still finding a way to connect with fans. Before we get to that, you would mentioned to me while we were listening to it the spiritual element of that song right there. One thing that I've always liked about reading your missives on Instagram or your social media stories, stuff is you also, um, not unlike our guest on the previous episode, Mary Bue, you practice a certain mindfulness and things like meditation and a, a, a way that you approach, you know, I suppose that affects everything in your life. I would guess from how you have breakfast to how you write songs to what it is you do with your day. Where does that come from? Gosh, where does it come from? I'm not asking for like the the, map (laughs) to the spiritual center of the universe, (laughs) but I'm asking for you. Like, you know, there's a lot of us like me. I caffeine until I freak out and then collapse and go to bed. I don't practice a lot of mindfulness. I've never done any proper meditation. Where is the interest in that sort of thing come from for you?
2: Okay. I'd love to teach you, you know. Yeah. Um, But um where does it come from jesus I, I, I mean think where did just, you first
0: find an interest in making it a part of who you are or was it always there? i mean did you decide one day i'm going to meditate or was that always sort of somehow ingrained in your philosophy
2: yeah i don't know i think that uh, i started reading um joseph campbell mm-hmm. and then uh the elements of mythology and then it's it's gets in he talks more about uh you know uh Eastern philosophy. Mm -hmm. And the archetypes that we see throughout everything. Exactly. Uh And so with that, I got interested in it and then uh, read more into Buddhism and then Zen. And then I started going to a sitting meditation once a week. And that kind of expanded, uh, you know, my conscious, I guess you could say or whatever. But it's more of going in and instead of out and just um, being yourself. Really? And accepting the world as you go through it. Uh, it's been a big part of my life for a while. And it's just, yeah, it's a way of, of being and a way of being um, love and kind. And uh, yeah, it's a way of life for sure. I'm human. I've got dark side mm. L, and the light. Yeah. And, you know, accepting all parts of me and looking deep within myself and making friends with parts of me that maybe I, you know, didn't like in the past <laughs> or, or have within me now that I'm like, I I really gotta take a look at this. Yeah. You know, or if something is infecting other people that from a way I am, hey, I need to fucking look at myself. Yep. You know? It's say, not easy to do that.
0: I'd say it's a good message for all of us now more than ever. Is it's that time. I mean, it always has been, but now it seems like people are actually looking out that window or into that window. Right. Let's go ahead and take this opportunity where everything's in flux and try to be better on the other side it doesn't mean that you have to cure cancer although if you do know the cure for cancer get that shit out there right now (laughs) but i mean you know and you don't have to make yourself poor taking care of others but being a good human being understanding your own drawbacks the the nature of who and what you are and finding a way to integrate that because it's a pretty big fucking quilt when you think about all the people out there and you need to find a way to integrate it and be one of the good patches not one of the shitty fraying patches
2: well you got that quilt it looks really fucking beautiful on the on the Top and what happens when you turn it upside down? It's ugly as hell. Dingy. Right? Real yeah. dingy. They got all of these things going this way, that way, and all that stuff. And you turn around, oh, it's so beautiful. It's awesome. You know, but that's just like the human is. Yeah. You know, we have those elements with us, and when we're working on ourselves and understanding ourselves and being better for us personally, then you're doing that for your community and the world. It starts with you. And the better that you do for you is Without you even knowing it
1: helps further on, you know? I imagine not being in that place of fear because you have the peace of mind also opens you up to other people more. Yeah. Is that being receptive? Yeah. Absolutely. Hey, really that cool. guy right
0: there is Sean, and Hi. I uh, am thankful for Sean. As I mentioned on the last show, I've mentioned it on quite a few shows, but um, I'm thankful for Sean being here because <laughs> Me here too. we are, thanks, man, into hey, our awesome, man. 101st episode of the Brian Oak Show. Whoa, whoa. I could not have done this. Without, that's crazy. I could not have done this without Sean. And uh, Sean is also a sponsor of the program because, in addition to being really the mastermind, the the wizard, the Svengali behind the Brian Oak Show podcast, he is also a realtor for Edina Realty. Apparently. Uh, he's not making enough money with his corner office and his big salary here from the podcast, so he supplements that by also working at. <laughs> he's got a <his> side hustle <laughs> as a uh, as a realtor. Um, how's life in realty land?
1: Not as cool as the record store gig, I'll but, bet I'll bet you make more money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's I actually really like it. You yeah. know, I, I didn't I didn't go into real estate for a very long time because I was like, oh, I don't care about. I don't care about the money. I don't care about the the physical part of <laughs> homes. But I thought, well, what I do like is to help people and help them wherever they're at yeah. in their life, whether they're downsizing or upsizing, to help them mitigate stress when they're trying to sell a place because it can be super stressful. And no matter how much logic you try to bring to home buying and selling, it is so emotional for people. And mm. people that have lived in a home for a long time, oh, yeah, they are so physically connected to that home to be able to give them a way to be able to find some relief from that that you know that comes through a little bit of empathy and some humor and everything else but if you know somebody who's looking to buy or sell 612-859-2594 that number is also text worthy
0: it's interesting that you bring that up about the level of stress involved in that and it's true i've been Mm -hmm. there i was thinking you know like what other things in life cause that kind of stress like To get ready to not even raise a child, just to have the baby. There are birthing classes. There are no selling your home classes, are there? I mean, there's not like a place I can go and practice my breathing.
1: Well, people don't do it. Most people don't do it very often. And so they just get super stressed out about this huge financial investment that they have. Yeah. So they're just on edge right away when you meet them. And so I try to diffuse that with humor when appropriate. Ah, uh, sometimes it's you know Monday. I'm meeting with somebody who her, her she lost her mom. Yeah, and they're selling mom's place, mm-hmm. oh, and that is going to be really tough. And yeah. this is a friend who I love, and so it's going to start well with a COVID hug, and then go f- to just what do we got to do to to be able to move on from this really difficult thing to let go of? Yeah, so.
0: Yeah. Uh, as we get back into it here with Chris, Chris, you brought a guitar. You brought a Wicked amplifier, right? Yes. right.
1: It's Wicked, and it uh, sounds it.
0: It does sound <laughs> it. Actually, I love the tone that comes out of it. And we got to take a picture so of right.
1: this thing or get a little video of it, because it is fucking amazing, it, it's the very, sound that comes out of this thing that's about the size of a Sony uh, Discman. Is, that say, <laughs> Maybe it, a little bigger. Honeyton? Honeytone. Honey Honeytone? Oh, <laughs> oh.
2: Yeah, I think the E fell the off. Gone, right? <laughs> the E is gone. The right honey ton. The honey honey ton. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, honey ton. Um, you're
0: gonna Don't play judge. something <laughs> live. I'm not judging. I love it. I know. We've had people play acoustic guitar in here before. We have never had anyone play an electric guitar live on the Brian Oak right show on. before
2: until <laughs>
0: the Ascendance of Little Man on That's episode right. 101. Can we 101. get some? Can we get some live music from let's you? let play it. Yeah, All
2: let's, right. Let's do it. Turn this thing on. a mile away Your top that and the cape's a dead giveaway
3: your levitations become a sensation take it from nothing and turn into something hell
2: for my head to say Will I believe you now but you really go the other way
3: you institution is based on illusion mm. Take it from nothing and turn it into something Abracadabra
0: Bad ass. <laughs> Live electronic <laughs> guitar music. Electric oh, guitar music. Electric. Here. There it is. Yeah. In the Smart Start MN studio. What's the name of that particular song right there? magician Magi- of yeah. course
2: it is <laughs> a lot of my stuff is like tarot image imagery and stuff like
0: that so. I, dude i'm a big fan of uriah Heep, black sabbath i mean oh yeah go ahead and bring in all the dungeons and dragons elements <laughs> for me man i'm i'm a huge fan of all that you with that last record uh in between the lions were able to put it out and go on tour in support of it and now of course we live in the non-touring days just just to tell us about the before times how was your tour
2: it didn't happen, because it was canceled. It was such a letdown. I did so much work and put so much money into making that happen, uh-huh. and we waited to the last minute. It was probably three weeks before we were scheduled to go that I had to make the decision to, to cancel it. Uh,
0: and I don't want to mm. pick the scab off or dig into too dark a territory, but I mean, like, Where were you gonna go? What just so I can live vicariously, what was the tour gonna be like?
2: It was out to New York City and back. Oh at two weeks. Yeah. And the shows
0: are lined up and everything. and Ready to go. And then fuck you, COVID. (laughs) Unbelievable, man. I'm sorry if my swearing offends you at any point, let me know. But (laughs) I feel strong in saying things like fuck cancer and fuck COVID. I think that everybody's on board with that. Even when there are little ones ears around, there are important lessons they need to know. And COVID can go right to hell. It shut everything (laughs) down, man. So that doesn't mean that you haven't been able to play live, though, or connect with fans. The one thing, we've had so many musicians on the podcast, and one maybe the only silver lining <clears throat> is that people who might not otherwise be able to catch you live can watch a live stream. You sure. know I mean? So you've got people around the world that could watch. You've got people in other states that could watch yeah. as opposed to only people in that venue. Right. I know it's not the same. You know, like you say, playing in your bedroom, it's not the same experience. It, it, it pushes very different spiritual buttons, but... Yes. In a time right now where we're all getting by with what we can get by with, it's better to have something than nothing. True. Do you feel that
2: way from your side yeah, of it, too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. People need that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's completely different performance-wise to be playing uh, just a live stream, private, you know, from my bedroom, you know, without uh, very much feedback as yeah. you're playing. It's just kind of your, you know, people looking into a time where you're playing. You know, there's not, that interaction isn't quite there at it's different for sure. I'm not used to performing on that level very much. And it feels more, uh, I, I get a little bit more nervous doing that. I don't get nervous when I play in front of people, but right. doing a live stream is a little bit more nerve wracking for me for some reason. I don't know. I think it's because there's a camera and it's live, you know, but then it's just like, oh, you know, if I screw up or whatever, it's like, so what? This right. is live, regular me yeah. playing. It doesn't mean much or whatever, and who's watching, so it doesn't matter. Well, yeah. it, I mean, but I,
0: you also, you want to do a good job. You yeah. want to bring people as much of a rock show as you can. And I that's what I do. As it, you're allowed to do on these little screens that yeah. we have in front of our faces.
2: Bring your own personality, yep. do your own thing. It's you. People want to see unique individuality from people playing their music.
0: And they want yeah. their faces melted, man. That's right. And We're, do that
2: too with a little, you know, with yeah. a little
0: amp or whatever. It do it, I mean it was awesome to have you here watching you play live like that's I did go see Flamenos in the in the alleyway last week um you know that was the only live music yeah, I've seen yeah. in months and months. And It was cold and raining outside, but it was nice and it was it's thrilling to have an, someone yeah. playing music right here in the studio.
2: Thanks for having me. I'm um, really happy to be able to bring that element of electricity in here
0: you know? it, I that love that. that, I oh, absolutely man. love it so you put this record out a year ago, your tour, my, so many aspects of so many people's lives got shit canned and derailed <laughs> because this has been a ridiculous year but obviously you're still creating, you're still doing that kind of stuff if people want to stay up to date on future live streams or go buy your record what's the best place for people to go to stay involved and up to date in the world of little
2: Man? Yeah sure, it's uh, Little Man Music if you pretty much go on Instagram it's at Little Man Music and uh, Twitter mm-hmm. and also a band camp uh, Facebook it's, it's that so you'll see my face uh, it's kind of hard to search uh, my band because Little Man is a, a popular quote unquote you know name so when you search up lots of things come up like a song but, by
0: sunny and share that i had never heard right? before yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i found that <laughs> earlier this afternoon Yeah,
2: like on spotify it's you can't uh-huh. it's hard to find unless you know a specific song but um yeah if you go to any of those places you can connect with me there
1: and you're so i'm the nerd over here but uh the best place for you is is Bandcamp. is that where the best margins are for you uh yeah probably okay cool well we'll definitely link to the Bandcamp. camp yeah site that would be great. from here you bet Thank you.
0: Absolutely. Now, before we let you go and before we wrap it up, um, it has been a pleasure. I'm so glad you came into the studio. This is awesome. You will undoubtedly, because you have no choice, you cannot do otherwise. You will continue to make music. You will continue to be creative. You will continue to do what you do. I know artists, and once they're on the path, (laughs) I mean, you're never ever going to be off this path. You know, whether you choose to do other things, well, I suppose that's true. You know,
2: I'm just creating, whatever comes, comes. I just try to say this to Mm -hmm. people. It's like, yeah this is a really hard time now and i don't have opportunities to play i feel like it's a you know uh you know i i'm having like an identity crisis sometimes Mm. you know not having that in my life and who knows where things go and lead things come and go and what happens happens when music comes to me through me then then that's what it does you know it's just you know don't force anything and whatever happens and happens so you
0: don't plan to like go like i'm gonna go on a writing retreat or i'm gonna write my you mean you have to wait until these things come to you huh pretty much
2: yeah i mean i play i you know i'm in my room and i'm playing and i don't have a specific thing that i'm trying to accomplish i just my 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 thing is just to play and have fun and and just and, and things that stick kind of come out of that play and then i'll record something that's really sticking and then i'll go back to it and then i'll work specifically with those Riffs or something like that, or chord changes. But um, the main thing is just play. It's called playing. I don't want <laughs> to think. Wait a right? minute. Let's just just Let's play. Work. <laughs> you know, that's huh. what we all need to do: is have an element of play mm. where there's no thought. Yeah, that's a good Zen way of playing. Or welcome to, doing... say, welcome to the podcast. I was going to say, welcome no to the Welcome to the clubhouse. <laughs> it you can see this is really just a clubhouse for, <laughs> for us a... to bring
1: our friends and play. I like to think it's of it as doing. a tree fort, but yes, <laughs> yeah. same kind of thing, man. Like, get
0: people on the microphone and let's talk about things. Before we let you go, what do you have coming up? I know that you are working on a video to promote a song from your latest release, In it's Between right, the Lions.
2: Yeah, Body to Body. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a fun, kind of hot video. Um, it's a... Uh, recorded in a, in a car wash yep. you know videoed in a car wash and it's uh it's it's a good time and you know thank you for having a moment to uh check that out and-
0: yeah no I, I did check it out and you know we you mentioned that there were some concerns about the content of the video and i don't want to go too deeply into it but when i watch that video you know i'm as conscious as anybody right now of where we are and who we are and you know, I'm going to be honest, you have your shirt off through about two-thirds of the video, okay? And you need to be People a little more modest, my good man. No, I know they are. I was going to say, <laughs> what good is having the best collection of rock shirts in the world when you're only wearing a shirt about a third of the time? But it's still it's, it's still cool. Um, but there's a sexy element to it. But I believe that there's a sexual element to rock and roll. And so you dancing half-dressed in a car wash, and a young woman who works there as an attendant, supposed to be mopping the floor, comes out and joins you in the car wash. And it, dare I say, by the standards of many of the things that we've seen in recent years, this video is basically wholesome. There's there's <laughs> nothing lascivious. It's her,
1: yeah, it's her making the decision to join you, which is so cool. And it's, it, you know, the fact is, with everything going on, women... Are still sexual beings. We are all sexual beings, and I love it that she makes the choice yeah. to come I'm, into I'm the sexual car being wash. Too. Yeah, yeah yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, and she have,
0: joins you in there, and it's just fantastic. I have again, though. It's not lascivious. It's not. It, no. it, it's there's nothing. I don't know. I don't think it crosses. Any sort of line, and in fact, it was fun. I know that that can be a weird word to use in this day and age, yeah. but it felt like a rock and roll video. The song yeah. is fantastic. The production of the video is great and
2: Dave, uh, david Kurtovich, that's mm. he, he directed that well he did a
0: fantastic job yes, so he did, yeah. will will the general public ever get to see this video
2: yeah I'm hoping so. We'll be getting it out soon. It's just uh you know get running through some final edits and uh yeah, just really happy about it, you know. It turned out great.
0: It, I think it looks fantastic. So I wish you luck on it, Thank and um, everything else as well, man. Good luck with our winter of discontent that we're all going Yo, through here. But it's going to be all right, isn't it?
2: Still trying to, you know, book some, you know, uh, just some personal shows and stuff like that. So just, you
0: have been doing those personal shows. I saw, I saw you, saw you share some images from those. If somebody was like, "Well, shit, I'd like to have Little Man for a personal show." There, you what's go. the best venue there? How do they get a hold of you? Yeah,
2: just reach out to me on any of my uh, social media uh avenues um and we can set something up. You know, it's it's been great. That you know, people want to be a part of live music mm-hmm. and I want to play and it works um you know, mutually. You know, it's it's medicinal. It is. It's it's medicinal it's for healing. me and it's for also the people that are there watching and it and it's been coming off really, really wonderful and beautiful. And um, you know, we're essential workers, you know. It's true
0: for for people who are music heads. And I can't imagine why anyone would tolerate this podcast and listen to it if they weren't <laughs> a music head. I'm serious. Um, I, you know, I, it, it, it's, it's been one of the hardest parts of this. I don't mean to belittle the people who are suffering financially or the people who have lost their lives or their lives have been deeply affected by covid just coming from the perspective of a music fan, it has been god-awful. I'm somebody who loves to go out and see live oh, yeah. music, and I know for artists it's been awful. You, you we, we both need that feedback loop, and so it's right. been terrible. And just even having you play live and hear for a song, oh. that felt really good. So, so If you want to know more, Little Man Music basically everywhere you go to get social media and information. Before we wrap up, I do need to thank AudioQuip.com. They like live music, too. There's yes, just not do. enough of it happening right now, but AudioQuip, as in equipment, AudioQuip.com com have hooked us up with all the equipment in our studio and they're wonderful, wonderful people. If you have any need to rent or get yourself some audio equipment, they would be the ones to go through. Sean and I both heartily endorse the work that they do and the good people over there. Nate and his entire crew are fantastic people. Uh, and also thanks to our Patreon members. We really literally couldn't do this without you. So thank Absolutely. you very much for your yeah. Support. Yeah, we're not
1: in the studio without them.
0: Yeah, no, and um and we really we really do appreciate it. And we're glad that you've led us to get over a hundred episodes. I'm I still feel feel like the cops are going to kick down the door every episode and be like, <laughs> I'm having right, too much
3: fun. <laughs> all right, you got away with it long enough now.
0: But we're going to keep going on. Before we say goodbye to you, Mr. Paraselli, yeah. a.k.a. Little Man, we're going to go out with an artist that I revere and an artist I know you revere. And I, you're the guitar guy, so I yeah. will defer to you. I mean, he was voted... Out of that list of 100 greatest guitarists of all time as number one. Yeah. And it's really not fair because he was not like a normal human being. He oh, cosmic. Yeah, he... But literally cosmic. Like somebody who could... He was doing drugs, but he was so young. And <laughs> he... He just he had more of an innate flow and we've all seen amazing musicians. We've all heard incredible music. But then there are a handful of people who seem to tap into the infinite and right, there's right. no accounting for it. You know, and you've got to have a basic skill set in order to articulate yep. this cosmic stream that's entering exactly. your brain or entering your fingers. But it's still there's no accounting for what an actual wizard Jimi Hendrix was. Yeah.
2: Just completely I, I, it's the soul <laughs> and the uh you know, Britain gives me goosebumps and chills to talk about him. it's, it's, uh, the feeling. And I didn't get it when I first listened to it, you know, all this feedback and noise. And I'm like, uh, I, what's going on? Cause I'm coming from a Eddie Van Halen, you know, yeah. kind of clean side. But right. then, uh, you know, very technical stuff. And mm. then when I heard Jimmy, I was like, I don't quite get this, this kind of noise and all of that. But then uh, there was something that hit me and I'm like, holy cow feedback. Right. Like, and what is he doing? Mm. these bringing these soundscapes in, in a, in a soulful way that I didn't even knew it could exist. And it opened me up to that.
0: And even when he, so, I mean, he obviously can do sort of the guitar theatrics, like unlike anybody ever could before or will likely ever again. But even when he's just kind of like lounging his way through a slow bluesy vamp, there's a feel Mm -hmm. that is inescapable, no matter whether he's doing the most pedestrian or the most scintillating and mind bending, he could do all of it and there was there's no one that's ever done it exactly no, like him. No. I it, mean, does that crush your dreams to know that you'll never be Jimmy <laughs> Hendrix?
1: <laughs> not at <laughs> all. Good. Well, good. you know what was cool watching you play right here is is that, you know, and again, I'm not comparing you to Jimmy, but there was this sense I had that you were playing for yourself because you love it so much. And Jimmy was a guy that I thought it, it may not have mattered to him whether there was 30,000 oh. people in front of him no, or if he was by himself, he right. was going to enjoy that, which is exactly what I just saw oh. a safe social distance six feet away from me just <laughs> now from, from you, which oh, was so cool. You, I was just like, what a healing, incredible thing that you do. Uh, thank you. It's got to bring you so much peace. I it, say it, it about it a lot of my favorite yeah, artists. Yeah.
0: I believe you. Like when you I play, too. Yeah. I believe you. And yeah. so, and it's not like there aren't great musicians who, you know, don't believe in what they're doing, but as a fan, you have to. I have yeah. to believe you yeah. in order to get that level of satisfaction out of the work that you do.
2: We're all there in the moment. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, Present. I'm not thinking about anything else. Yeah. I'm playing. You guys are listening. Mm-hmm. Music is 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 something that happens. It, it goes along. It it doesn't just race to the end of something. It, you follow it and you're with it. Mm-hmm. You know. So thank you for saying that, Brian. That means a lot to me. It really does. You guys get it, uh, Sean? Thank you so thank much. You. You've got to come back. You've got to come back and yeah, see us again. Bring that we need to do this, this again out. soon. Yeah,
0: no, I mean, you're, I, frankly, you're not allowed to come back without the amp.
3: I, 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 <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love the
0: tone on that thing. I don't know where you found it, but I like it very much. Uh, Chris, we got to wrap up, man. But excellent to see your face. Yeah. Thank you. It's It's nice, even in these small, controlled environments, to be able to see some faces now and then and to hear a little blistering rock and roll. Speaking of, that's how we're going to end because he's arguably the greatest of all time and one of the absolute greats and again we're not going to hear an abject hit now did Hendrix do anything other than hits? it turns out he did you know whether he was doing a blues standard or I mean he had hits for sure because there's never been anyone like him but his entire catalog is worthy of exploration and this is one of my all-time favorites because this one goes all over the map from just kind of a slow lazy bluesy vamp to some of the most just unfathomable guitar hysterics that you've ever heard it goes all over the map it's a great one chris you take care
2: thank you very much peace gladly good to have you here sean again
0: um talk to you later sure okay (laughs) (laughs) don't make it weird man (laughs) (laughs) little man music everywhere you want to go little man music is where you'll find it and right here is where you'll find Jimi hendrix red house as we wrap up episode 101 of the brian oak show podcast thanks for listening
2: thank you
4: I wanna unlock this door Wait a minute, something's wrong Look out now!